Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, kind listeners and readers. It's Mary Stone, and I'm once again on the screen porch. Thank you so much for your comebacks after the last episode, feeling as though you were walking with me on the magical trail of renewal. Yes, indeed. After we maneuver through challenging times in our lives, there is healing and renewal. And walking amongst the trees helps. I didn't know then that there was a name for it. It's called forest bathing, as we spoke about in episode 34. I invite you to visit that uh, story, which also talks about Willowwood champion trees. We have been learning so much together in this garden of life, and I can't thank you enough for what it means to me. So appreciated. So, despite my promise that we were going to revisit stories from the past, there was a new one that came from last week's chat. And rather than give you a preamble, I'm just going to jump right in. And it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. The podcast version of last week's chat about the magical trail of renewal, that was episode 63, includes the story of a Robin family that took up residence in the double-file viburnum outside the kitchen window. The nest was higher in the oversized shrub than previous years, likely because of Jolie's joy in the chase. Squirrels and chipmunks are her favorite, but Robins work too. And... As it turns out, so does a red-shouldered hawk. After our evening walk in the woods, Jolie was on the hunt, of course, we tossed a few tennis balls, and she took a dunk in the brook to cool off. Then we came inside. Jolie continues searching for critters through the storm door. We have to keep the storm door on literally all year round because the screen door, let's just say, would not work out too well. I think she would probably blow through it. While preparing her kibble, I saw her intent stare and looked out to find the red-shouldered hawk. No! I yell, flying open the door. Jolie storms out behind me. The hawk takes off, displaying expansive reddish-brown wings with black and white banded tips. Mr. or Mrs. Robin chased him, comparatively demure, but displaying immense bravery. Below the tree, Jolie snoops, indicating casualties. My heart sank and I called her inside. The repetitive morning squawks of the red-shouldered hawk often wake us, especially when I'm camping on the screen porch. In fact, I think that's why Kurt doesn't like to do it. It's a loud, high-pitched kia, kia call, and it's to claim their territory and express alarm. And it really is an alarm when you wake up to that sound. I can't tell you how loud it is. He is magnificent looking, but after last year's feast on the frogs in the pond and the nest of blue jays I grew to adore, it shifted my admiration. Seeing him as a predator to the Robin family made me angry. Well, maybe not angry, but certainly very sad. It's the cycle and balance of nature, I try to explain to myself. There would be too many Robins and jays and frogs, perhaps, without them. The justification didn't help. Per Cornell Labs All About Birds, red-shouldered hawks feed primarily on snakes, lizards, amphibians, and small mammals like voles and chipmunks. And I quote, They occasionally eat birds, sometimes from bird feeders. Recorded prey include sparrows, starlings, and doves. 
So feast on the overabundance of chipmunks, I thought to myself, damaging the roots of the plants in the rock garden instead of the easy pickings of the baby birds. Though I have to say, chippers are cute too. It's interesting how we grow attached and wish to nurture the nest of birds and adore fawns until they grow to eat our gardens. But we don't typically cherish baby insects. Hmm. Though we love ladybugs and butterflies, that's true. When Kurt returned from work, he investigated the crime scene and found a decapitated robin. He looks like he was ready to fledge the nest, fully feathered and ready to fly. He buried the young bird next to the baby fox, killed by a juvenile bear hunting for sport. Nature can be so cruel. We can prune the viburnum now, I say with a heavy heart. The double-file viburnum has grown taller than most. We limbed it up in the shape of a small tree. I adore how the white flowers coat the branches before falling to the ground, gracing the shade garden below with angel-shaped petals. The garden is filled with hookara, which is coral bell. Palace purple is the variety I have, plus Japanese painted ferns and hosta below. The following day, our first call with Jolie, we made our way out into the woods, and in typical Jolie fashion, she focused on the hunt rather than the task at hand. No squirrels or chippers to chase. Only two robins were feeding on the forest floor, not concerned about our presence. Jolie's front feet were poised on a log, her eyes following the short flights as they bopped along the ground. The shadows made it tough to see if they were the fledging young, which have more speckled chests than their parents. Jolie didn't go for the chase, as if she knew they were from the nest she protected from the hawk. Maybe two survived. The Cherokee believed red-tailed and red-shoulder hawks are messengers of vision. When you see one of these beautiful birds, whatever you were thinking about at the time is happening around you, or it will come true and manifest in your life. I was thinking, spare the robin family. On our way back, I noticed the Adirondack chair near the nesting spot, covered in fresh bird droppings. Perhaps it served as a perch for the brood learning to fly. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Yes, indeed, I had a very heavy heart with the scene of the hawk, although they are gorgeous birds, really magnificent. But there is hope that the robins survived, or at least some of them did. And um, I have to say, the next morning I was on a walk thinking about loving the nest of robins and thinking about the hawk taking the young and uh, just the cycle of life that's so hard to accept sometimes, isn't it? So as I was walking back from our walk on the road, there was a cub, actually two cubs with a mama bear, and they were just about to cross the road and stopped and looked at me. I actually had to make use of a bear whistle my dear friend Ken Roberts gave me, knowing that I walk on the road, and it worked. They turned around and went the other way, walked a bit further, and there was a mother with her two fawn grazing, fortunately not on my garden. <laughs> and then there was another doe with a fawn. So lots of new babies and new life, even though there are casualties, certainly with Mother Nature and the cycle of life and things that we endure in our own lives, but there is always new beginnings, and so in that comes great hope. I so enjoyed our time together, and I hope you have as well, and if so, please share the podcast with your friends, at least one friend if you wouldn't mind, so more can join us in learning and growing in this garden of life. I so appreciate it, and look forward to our next time together. Have a great day.
You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.